Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher, and I am joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. But did you know that you can also subscribe to this podcast? It's true. I'm doing hand signals and everything right now. I don't know why. You can't see me. But uh, can feel I, it. I realize that's probably brand new information if you're new to podcasts, but you can subscribe and these will automatically show up when we release them. Plus, it makes us very happy, and it makes your life easier, and you should really do it. So uh, famous people are also subscribing to podcast, I hear. So you could be like a famous Instagram influencer and also subscribe to podcast. Chris is holding up a note that says, podcasts are all the rage. It's true. They are. Due to COVID-19, everyone in their 30s has started a podcast, including us. We started ours before the virus, just to be totally clear, we didn't yep. release them yet, but we started it before all this shindig went down. We got our mics and everything before the run on Amazon had started on toilet paper and podcast mics. Um, yeah, God, ble- I, God bless America. God bless them, yeah. So I can't tell you which famous people subscribe to podcasts. Uh, I'm not at liberty to do that because they're my close personal friends and I can't reveal that information, but oh, nice they you. are. Keep they're it doing discreet. it. Yeah. Uh, So if you like the show, also please give us a great review too. That is also super helpful. Today, we are talking about the 2002 self-titled release from the All-American Rejects, their debut album. Uh, So let's get right into it, fellas. Does that work for y'all? Yes. Okay. So I did... I did the background on this one. Uh, There's not a ton of background. The background is it was released October 15th, 2002 uh, on Doghouse Records. And very soon after they signed uh, to DreamWorks, basically right after they uh, they were probably even talking to DreamWorks before it released on Doghouse, um, would be my guess on the timeline, because they re-released it then early in 2003 with DreamWorks, and I think that's when things really took off for them. But uh, this album was really just Tyson Ritter and Neek... Ne- sorry, Neek? Neek! Neek! Mr. Neek! Tyson Ritter and Nick Wheeler uh, recorded the whole thing. So Nick basically recorded all the drums, guitars, programming, keyboards. Uh, Tyson did bass and vocals. Uh, Mike and Chris were not in the band yet when they recorded this. Uh, Tim O'Hare produced it. Interesting thing about Tim O'Hare, does not have a Wikipedia page. Uh, Very hard to find the information. But he also did most of the Say Anything is a Real Boy album. He also did most of the starting line based on a True Story album. Uh, Howard Benson came in and did some of the singles on it, but uh, he did most of that second starting line album. He also did like the Rocket Summers, Hello Good Friend. Um, so it's kind of weird that he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. I feel like he produced some pretty big albums of the early 2000s. But anyway, uh, those are some things he also produced. Um, recorded at Mission Sound and Headgear Studio in Brooklyn. Uh, it did go platinum, by the way, fellas. Wow. Uh, and... I've heard some conflicting stories about their discovery. Most of the internet stuff now says that they sent a demo to Doghouse and it was saved from the trash by some intern who then put it on the owner's desk. But I also heard a story a long time ago before I read this stuff on the internet, because we're from Oklahoma, the rejects from Oklahoma. I heard it was like some guy at the label's daughter that had the demo or something, but you know, that like he had brought it home the daughter ended up grabbing it and really liking it, and that's what caught on to it. But may, am I mixing that up with something else? But that's what I heard a long time ago. Did anyone else hear that? 
story no that sounds very familiar yes yeah. i think i swear I that's think what that, i heard yeah. a long time ago yeah anyway so it doesn't really matter what happened uh the important thing to realize about this album is that uh like they are fresh out of high school or in high school when they're writing and recording these songs they have to be because i know tyson's my age and graduated the same year as me so uh which was 2002 and this album came out in october 2002 so um, this is a pretty solid album to put out as freshly out of high school. I know that I was not writing songs as good as these, as these ones are uh, when I was 18 years old. I don't know about you guys. Um, I no. mean, nah. Not yeah. like this. No. No. So uh, that's kind of the gist of the album. There's not really a lot of background. It's their debut album. Um, obviously, Swing Swing was a pretty big hit uh, for them, uh, hence the platinum album. Uh, that was the big hit on their record. Uh, obviously, their next album, Move Along, was bigger than this one, but this is still a pretty big debut album for uh, Doghouse Records, obviously, like I said, eventually on DreamWorks as well. But... Um, Let's uh, get into the discussion of first impressions. Chris, let's go to you. Well, um, so this was weird, like revisiting, like, oh, wait, I always see, I always get mixed up when we do first impressions. Are we talking about like when we heard it the first time in our lives or? Yes. I'm talking about the first time, like you were introduced to this band, to this album in 2002. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like a lot of people, I heard the singles on that doghouse split that was infamous that summer before it came out. Them in Motion City soundtrack. Is that, I don't know. You you don't remember that? Yeah. No, I don't think, no, this is not my story. So yeah. Oh no, no. They like, uh, it was, this freaking CD was everywhere. Um, it was green. I remember it because it was like in every copy of Alternative Press. It was at like they, the Doghouse had like this amazing street team. I remember it just being like sitting around at the Green Door and um, which was a venue. I, I don't know if we talked about the Green Door before. It was a punk punk rock venue in Oklahoma City. But um, did that version of the split have these versions of the songs on it, or was it? That's a good like question. Demo versions. Do you know? Do you remember? I don't recall. I want to say it was probably either a demo version or a un under mastered under you know produced version because either way uh, that would prove that they wrote these songs and or recorded them while they were in high school if they had a split ep or something like that from dog or sampler from doghouse in the summer you know what well, I mean? when when we were when like me and danny first started playing like right out of high school like we heard about these guys and like, I know they were playing because I remember going to their website and they had a flash website and I made a flash website because I saw that they had one and I thought it was so cool. Um, so flash RIP guys. Yeah. <laughs> flash is all but gone now. Yeah. So I know I, I gotta, I gotta say you just, uh, honestly, if you listen to the songs now, like you can tell how well put together they are. I mean, there was a lot of time and thought put in them. There's no way they just like pulled it out of their ass in the studio. Like it had to be, they yeah, had to have been working on so. them a long time. And I would think you're not going to get the deal with Doghouse if you don't have some of those tunes. You know what I mean? Right, right. Just to, just to guess. I don't know. I mean. But uh, yeah, when well, the record came out, it was, uh, I, I was, I, I was like so mad and jealous. It was so good. <laughs> I was like, you guys, like, this is not fair to, ah. Uh, so many good songs and and I don't even know I mean the swing swing song like it didn't really stick out to me that much like when I first heard the record because every song was just like dripping with awesomeness Kyle what about you 
So I have a very distinct memory about the first time I heard this record because I did a bad thing. Um, do you guys remember the local band Chasing Paris? Of course, yeah. <laughs> so we shared a we shared a practice space with them for a while. So um is it Drew that played bass for them? Yes. Is his name Drew? Okay, so Drew, Drew was hanging out in my car like before a show that we probably played together or after, and he was like, dude, you, have you heard the All American Rejects? And I was like, no. He's like, You're, they're awesome. Check them out. And I put the CD in, and this is probably 2001. Um, he had the whole record somehow. And I did, I was like, dude, you've got to let me keep this. You have to let me keep, keep, keep this. I'll give it back to you. <laughs> and I didn't. So I did a bad thing. But <laughs> That's your bad thing. That's my I bad thing. I will tell thing. him. I will tell him next time I see him. I've, I've felt guilty about it for years. But like, it was like, dude, you're not taking this from me. Because, it, and, and I, like Chris, was actually kind of like, one of my first reactions was I was kind of pissed. Because like, it's it was so good. It's so yeah. good. And it's one of those records that like, <clears throat> it's good on the first listen. Like everything is appealing. It sounds good. And, and, um, I was ticked off because I thought that I was going to make a great record at the time. And like, who even are these dudes, you know? And it's like, Oh, they're awesome. And yeah, they were awesome. So I was pissed, but also I, I loved it from the first moment that I heard it. Mm -hmm. So my story is, weirder not weirder it's just different uh so i had moved to nashville uh to go to college right after i graduated and so i heard of the all american rejects and so i was like oh i need to go get this album and i went and bought it and i didn't realize the connection at all that they were like from oklahoma yet or any of that stuff i had just like heard about it heard it was good i went and bought it um and on someone's recommendation i don't remember whose but uh, I bought it and then I'm like, something's really familiar about this. Like I, I swear I've heard this or something. And so then I like start looking at album credits and stuff and I realized like, okay, so I went to like a leadership camp with Tyson when we were in high school and then he and Nick, which I obviously didn't catch the name of the band at the time, but they were playing like at the state conference for the Stuco stuff that year like played it with ADAT machines behind them. Like it was like, it was them on guitar and bass and then all the tracks were on ADATs, which, were, by the way, are these digital tapes for the people that know. Before you could do this on Pro Tools or a computer that you had with you, if you wanted backing tracks, you had to do these giant tape machines that had the individual tracks so you could mix them. And so they were rocking like ADAT machines. Uh, and so I like was it was familiar enough that I remembered. I was like, okay, I know this. And then I looked at the liner notes. I was like, oh, yeah, these are those guys from Stillwater that I just – I had kind of heard separately about this band from Stillwater that had gotten signed to Doghouse, but I didn't realize this was the band, and I bought the record. So that was kind of my weird uh, connection first impression. But, yeah, same thing. It was just like, man, this is really good. These are really good songs. And especially knowing, like I said, I'm doing the exact same thing as you guys are. I'm like trying to be a musician <laughs> at the time. And uh, I'm like, man, this is way better than anything I wrote when I was in high school. I'm yeah. just fresh out of high school, but I mean, I, I already know that it's better than, and I think Nick is one year older than Tyson. So I think he graduated the year before, but either way, the idea is that these guys were young and talented for sure. It wasn't all, uh, and as poppy and um, uh, as it was, it was still like really cool. 
if that yeah. makes sense, would be my first impression. It was a, and I hadn't really heard that programming kind of thing that they were doing where everything was kind of these cheesy, loopy stuff, but then with real drums and real guitars on top of it. Pete Yorn had kind of done a similar thing. It's not as poppy, obviously, but he did some of that kind of drum machine programming stuff uh, with real instruments, but I hadn't really heard a lot uh, that had done this kind of thing, certainly not in a pop punk sort of genre. Um, So that was kind of my first thing. And then, yeah, obviously Nick is pretty talented for having played drums and guitars and programming and keyboards and all that stuff on it and songwriting. So pretty talented guy, I would say. Well, yeah. And I also remember the first time I saw him live and like, they looked like rock stars. Yeah. Right out of the gate. Like they just looked like gorgeous men. Yeah. But like, even just the way they played, like they looked like they were playing in an arena, even though there was like a hundred people. Yeah. I I just, I remember, I I can see it right now. Like see just like, like, you know, Nick and just like the way he played guitar and his like sweet little guitar moves. And I was like, man, that guy looks so cool. Yeah. (laughs) And obviously really Uh, shortly after the album comes out, uh, Mike and Chris joined the band like in December. So like pretty quickly, they're actually a four piece band that actually like for touring and all that kind of stuff. They're a legit band. Not that they weren't legit with two people, but it was like Nick playing everything and Tyson playing bass and singing and with the eight at tracks in the background. So obviously someone at the label was like, Hey, you're going to have to have a real band with drummer and stuff. So, uh, that made it, uh, took it up a notch probably. And what's interesting, I think about this album, uh, is that really they didn't, recreate any of this album kind of like programming stuff or the sound of it for any of their other albums. Like it was kind of, it was kind of like a one-time thing and it was almost, it seems like it was almost maybe out of necessity. Like it was like budget and, um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean probably mostly budget I would imagine, but it's cool. It's not, it's done in a way that's like, instead of trying to make the keyboard sound real, they made it sound like, like a really tightly programmed MIDI keyboard that is like not, it's not supposed to sound like a real piano. I don't know. Right. I think that that's like the right way to go with it. It wasn't trying to use samples to, cause in 2002 samples weren't there where you could like actually like do a whole album. Uh, maybe, maybe slightly, but you generally probably weren't doing a whole album with like program drums and stuff like that and, and fooling people for, it's not like we had the BFD drum replacement stuff at the time in 2002. Yeah, we didn't have GarageBand on our computers yet. Like, no, I mean, yeah, didn't uh, it, yeah. Homeboy did some some homework to get that all set like, up, <laughs> and they were playing to a click when they were 19. Like, yeah, I mean, come yeah, on. they were way ahead of the curve. We none of us were playing to a click at that point. And man, if I could go back and tell my younger self something, it'd be like, only play with drummers, then play that click. <laughs> get Chris on that right now. Uh. Although you got to it fine, Chris, you did great. We just no. I, well, that, I saw I saw Chris's yep. first show at the Rejects, and he had never played to a click, and he they were yeah. having to stop the tracks a few times because he was getting a little <laughs> off. I mean, because they didn't have like a professional it's monitor totally set up. Yeah. I mean, he was. I think he had like just like headphones that you would buy at Walmart, like like, like, yeah, sure like taped to his head or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they've done a good job with. They were ahead of the curve on that kind of thing, for sure. It was hard to play with tracks back then. Now it's really easy to play with tracks. You can literally do it on your iPod, which don't even exist. You can do it on your iPhone now. Uh, And so you could not do that back then. So it was kind of cool that they did that. So that was my first impression, just like, hey, these guys are talented. You're right. They've got the rock star thing down. They're good looking. They, um, I always felt the the shtick sort of thing of them trying to be sort of badasses was interesting because like they weren't they're clearly not really 
but it was kind of like this funny thing of like, hey, we write these super poppy songs, and we're but we're these kind of rock star things. I don't know. I thought it was kind of a cool thing that they did in general. Um, shall we go to track by track? Jumping in, any any other first impressions of the album from you know eighteen years ago? Um, I was just gonna say, like you said, they were kind of doing this stuff before it was a thing, and so like it didn't feel gimmicky. It felt special. No, you know, yeah. yeah. Like, so hearing it for the first time, I think that's why it was just like, man, this is good. This is not like anything I've heard. And, and like, I feel like, and maybe this is the old man in me, but I feel like now when I hear new stuff, I'm always skeptical or I feel like it's, it's, um, it's gimmicky. You know what I mean? And like, there was nothing, it it felt so genuine when I first heard it. So, yeah. And I do I mean, I do wonder on the production side of things if, you know, I, I've i heard through the great Vine or whatever that maybe he wasn't a great producer to work with. I've, yeah. you know, heard whispers of that before from uh, not just one kind of source or whatever. I don't know if that mean, that's the reason that they didn't go that path again or if they didn't. But I mean, this album whatever the reasons were, whatever the working environment was, I think turned out really cool and, uh, and was pretty unique. Like I said, I couldn't think of something. Pete Yorn was the one example that I could think of was like, okay, they was doing some programming stuff in there. Um, that was doing kind of pop rock stuff that wasn't straight up, like all programmed kind of, you know, polished pop stuff or whatever. Like, I don't know, whatever, because there was a lot of bad pop songs in the late 90s, early 2000s, for sure. But I can't think of something that was, like, still cool. And, I mean, there's some, like, nasty guitar sounds on this record, like, in the best way. Like, really gnarly, heavy distortion, Marshall half-stack sounds on top of, like, a 808 programmed, you know, track. And it's cool. It's, It's a cool thing to do, so... Uh, well, okay, let's uh, jump into track by track then. So let's start with My Paper Heart. Please just don't play with me. My paper heart will bleed. This wait for destiny won't do. Be with me, please. Have a seat, you step old things that make you run away. Catch you if I can. Kyle, how about you first? So good. Such a good intro track, the freaking bells. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just awesome. That's Chris, it. what about you? That's uh, it's, it's all his notes. Chris, your notes. You know those like nerds ropes? It's just like got a lot like a, a rope of taffy. The candy? Yeah. Yeah. This song is that. It's just dripping with ooey gooey <laughs> sugar. I mean, and it's just coming at you from all angles. Like, uh, you know, he's like doing those like swells with the singing, all these different layers, the the kind of distorted uh, vocal at the beginning. I, I remember, isn't it, didn't he come out with a bullhorn on this song and sing? 
Ooh, I didn't I didn't see them in like 2002, so I don't know, but that oh, would have been yeah. awesome, yeah. But uh yeah, I was uh yeah, the song is it's just got so much going on. Like if you like li- listening to it uh later in life, I was like, "Man, there's a lot freaking happening right now." <laughs> it all yeah. sounded so great. Oh, it's a good song, man. I like it a lot. I like the quiet introduction of the lo-fi kind of thing and yeah. then uh, it's a it's a perfect song to introduce Tyson as a singer. Like it does all the things he does really well with his <laughs> yes. voice. Like that little like jumping up to the falsetto thing on those verses. It's like that's a thing, just like a staple of what he does vocally. And it's got the kind of like soaring thing, and it's got the quiet thing. I just it, it's a really good showcase of like him as a singer, and he's a pretty unique singer. I'd say like it'd be you can hear his voice and know it's him. Like it, I don't confuse him with other people for sure. No. And yeah, it was just, like I said, it was just unlike something else that I, I mean, I still can remember popping it in my 90 Corolla. That's what I was rocking. <laughs> the Rolla. In 2002, the Rolla, uh, not to be confused with the Rona. That's a totally different, <laughs> uh, thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a great first track and it's got a cool, that programming stuff combined with like this pop punk feel. It was just, it was weird. It was different. So, uh, that's my notes. Any other ones on uh, on my paper heart? Solid tune. Love it that. is a solid, solid tune. tune. Yep. Solid tune. Okay, let's go to your star. Chris, go to you. You're <laughs> chuckling. What are you chuckling about? Okay, so there's one thing about this uh, record that rubs me a little wrong. <laughs> Let's and see if Homeboy, we have the same note. Homeboy go says ahead. away a billion freaking times in this record. Like I'm like, today, uh, away, away, today. Yeah. Uh, okay, and so this is the introduction to that rhymes. <laughs> that's, that's what I was laughing. But hey, you that's know fine. What? It, well, no, if you've got soaring vocals, but he was also those, like those... seventeen. I look no, back no, at the songs when I was seventeen, and, and the lyrics were awful. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm I, I'm down with it, but it doesn't matter <laughs> because then uh, after I think the second chorus, that freak, the freaking Def Leppard guitar solo, where yeah. he just like rips it up with that. Uh, is that like it's a, really like good. a whammy Van Halen? It's, thing it sounds like, like a whammy bar. Wham, yeah, wham. it's either a whammy or he just <laughs> detuned it. Yeah, it's. Yeah. It's a really I can't well here's the thing that was weird about that to me is like this was like two thousand two, so like that was still funny to me and Danny. Like we would go to Guitar Center and he would play photograph by Def Leppard and be like, it's so stupid, remember the eighties are so dumb. I like I I would have never thought in a million years that some band would come out and like do that and I'd be like, Oh, that's kinda cool. God dang it, I should have thought of that. I think Nick might be uh singularly influenced by 80s bands. <laughs> yes, I mean, seriously, yes. I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, like, you watch the way he plays, and you li- he, the Rejects, look, call him Poppy, call him Punk, whatever you want to do, but, like, they still have guitar solos on their albums, and most oh, yeah. bands don't. And it's a, you're right, it's a great uh, solo on a pop song. It's a great intro to the solo. Uh, Tyson's Falsetto vocals, another kind of staple of his, are awesome in the chorus. It's just a, a again, a really good intro to kind of 
them as a band. It's like, oh, you think it's poppy? Here's a cool solo too. I don't know. It's it's just uh, it's such a weird blend of stuff that, mm-hmm. like I said, at the time, it kind of threw me off in a good way. Uh, Kyle, what about you? Your star? Your what are your notes on your star? I mean, you guys, you guys have said it all, but but <laughs> I will say the um the melody of that keyboard what mm-hmm. oh the synth okay yeah the sound the uh, synth that's bouncing around yeah the, that's that fantastic me- it's so good and then um and then i feel like i feel like chris has coined a couple phrases already if you've listened to more than one chris is gonna give things like if he gives it the stamp of solid tune then you know it's good or crap sandwich <laughs> uh if, if it's not and um i'm gonna there's no crap sandwich here on I'm, this song. i'm going to stamp this i'm gonna try and coin my own this this is a mixtape must like Ooh, alliteration yeah i like that i mean <laughs> we've talked about mixtapes before but like this one went on the mixtape and it was like hey baby uh i just want you to listen to this song because it made me think of you <laughs> and <laughs> and and you know maybe it worked maybe it didn't but like it was on there for sure yeah uh let's go to swing swing i feel like i feel like with uh i keep messing up the audio track i i feel like as swiftly as you moved along from what i just said i feel like maybe mixtape must is not gonna stick around no no No, mixtape must is gonna stick around Okay, okay i just couldn't uh you know anyway let me try to do swing swinging here we go I cannot believe they wrote this song as young as they were. It's like a perfect song. It's so good. The bridge, the reason I picked that 30 seconds is like, you've got a cool guitar solo, harmonizing guitar solo, not just a guitar solo, that goes into that organ. I mean, that's such a cool breakdown bridge. I'm sorry. It's so good. Kyle. Okay. You could not have picked a better clip for my note. No, Are you ready? It's so good. Yes, please tell me. Organ and guitar solo make me want to go solo on my organ. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to put an explicit that, rating on this one. That, that was my note. And you no, played. He's talking about his, his B3 organ at his, his house. Oh, yeah. his B3. Got it. Yeah. Straight to the gutter, man. Uh, B3. Yeah, I forgot that you had a Leslie B3 at your house. Uh, yep. <laughs> Chris, uh, other you looked very excited about this while we were listening to that clip. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I just thought it was funny after my away note that that short clip had the word away in it 1,700 times. Away. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it, he, I he, never... used the word, he used the word away, and then he talked about how he had a way. <laughs> I had never noticed how often he said away, but that's all I'm ever going to hear now. I never noticed it. I'm not much of a lyric guy. I notice sometimes, but uh, now I'm going to notice that all the time. But yeah, that's a great, I mean, 
that's a really good song. It was hard to pick a 30 seconds, but that's yeah, it. Guitar that's... solo, amazing bridge with organ and that same thing, a harmonizing thing that drops down in that chorus. Gosh, it's well, so I just good. Remember, I can't believe I... how young they were. Well, yep. and, and that's the thing. So I have a very distinct memory of the first time I heard this song on the radio because it was a big deal to hear a I remember band. seeing it on MTV2 and I was Yeah, so like I remember it was – I think it was KJ one hundred and three, and I remember some friends had told me they were going to play it in the morning. So like, I woke up, and they, they said, "And now we've got a song for the All American." And and you heard the organ like starting to ramp up in the background. It's like the most epic intro. And then that when that intro. guitar came in, I was like, "Dude, these guys are going to be famous in like two hours." <laughs> yeah, it did yeah. not take long. Yeah, I remember seeing it on MTV two, and just I mean, at that point, it was definitely two thousand three because Mike and Chris were in the video, so it was. But yeah. I mean, can't not be i'm with you on you guys like i was a little jealous for sure because it's like how did these guys write this amazing album it's so good they're my age they're on mtv2 but you couldn't help but be happy for some home not hometown there's still water where oklahoma city it's a little far away but home state home state uh boys and uh you know it's pretty cool any other notes on swing swing other than the fact that it's just a really good song i think i think bridge of 2002 it's gotta be right I th- I think also it was it was an exciting time for like good music to be on the radio in general. You yeah. know what I mean? So like yeah. the fact that they were from Oklahoma is super cool and yeah, you you kind of felt like this connection, but like just that they were playing something like this on the radio was awesome. Yeah, I think Jimmy World kind of ushered that in with the middle, yep. obviously. Like that was the thing that that was probably the catalyst for um you know, a sort of poppy rock thing that wasn't all pop and it wasn't all like rap rock. That was basically what was happening before mm. this, you know, in 2000, it was, <laughs> we're not going to bring, let's not mention a name I, of a I band was gonna say, that was being you, played in mention, 2000. Can we just get through one podcast band? without mentioning one of them? But you know, it was either like that or it was Britney Spears. Like that was the two, that was what was happening on the radio in 2000. And but, then like, yeah, I but feel like the middle happened why, and then this happened. Yeah. That's literally why we talked about doing this podcast. That was the, yeah. that was it. That was what's so exciting. Like yeah, it was exciting. we were in high school in the nineties and it was just all crap. And then all of a sudden, like all the bands that we liked were getting on the radio and like new bands were coming out and it, yeah, it was just so exciting to hear these guys on KJ. If you're not from Oklahoma, which great, good for you. Um, KG one three is not like a rock station. It's more of like a pop top 40, it's station. A top 40 so, pop. So station, like yeah. to hear these guys on that station was like a big, big deal. And uh, I don't yeah. know, man, I, I get, we I hadn't heard like, a guitar on that station no, in no. a while. Yeah, no, for sure. Dude, we, we had heard a lot of boy bands, but no guitar for sure. Uh, and, and that intro. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Great intro. Great intro. Great song. Great bridge. I mean, I don't know that there's anything that's wrong with the, that song. So, uh, let's go to time stands still. Kyle, let's go to you. Um, good tune. I will. I I will talk more about it later. Okay. 
foreshadowing. That's fine. Um, That's foreshadowing. It's going to be in there, one and, of our list. But like, <laughs> this this will only make sense to those that it makes sense to. I'm a big Scrubs fan, and I felt like this was uh, this belonged on a Scrubs soundtrack. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of does, doesn't it? Was it not ever on the show? Did you look that up by any chance? Um, I I didn't. But I did look at the lyrics, and the bridge features the word away, Chris. <laughs> Kyle, took my, Kyle took my note. Did I really? Yeah. About Scrubs? I, no, it, I, I okay. said this was the soundtrack song. Yeah. yeah. My note says, she was looking for the man of her dreams, <laughs> but she's about to find out he was right in front of her all along. That's you know, all I, I mean, could hear in my head when I heard that song. Ooh, like right after I never that. thought about it. Those Why background vocals, yeah, are great in the chorus. I never thought about it. I'm going to have to look that up. We'll put that in the show notes if this song was ever on any soundtracks. Or, no, but Kyle uh, beats me because like now, now that I think about it, the scrub, it's, it would be perfect for Scrubs. Like, it would be like, great for you know how, Remember they, how they always do that? Like, they always had the end of the episode. Like JD would like learn a lesson, a valuable yep. lesson about life through this would be know, at somebody the end of the dying episode. usually. And then this song would play out while he walked down the hall sad. The janitor would like trip him with the broom. He would he would start talking in this particular song. He would start talking in the <laughs> verse with that drum beat going on, and he would learn his lesson. And the music would swell into the into the chorus, Credits. and he'd yeah. walk away from the hospital. And yeah, Big, and, Scrubs- and the, as the camera panned out from the hospital and the yep. credits rolled. Yep. yep, I feel like Scrubs is an underrated show. I know it was popular oh. for a while, but I still feel like it's underrated as far as like in the realm of sitcoms that were out of that time. We well, don't I, have a sitcom it, podcast, so we don't have to get into this a lot, but I do feel like it's a really good sitcom. Dude, I feel it, like there's... That show was super big. I mean, yeah. yes, but I feel like... I don't feel like they, it has the fans that, like, you know, Friends and, and like, other But it should, because it's better than it Friends, sh- for sure. I, I agree. And we can yes. move on from that, but, yeah. Zach Braff is worth $22 million. Syndication's paying well. Oh, syndication, dude. Yeah, syndication, that'll do it. Uh, we've also mentioned Zach Braff on this podcast twice now. So Have we? Uh, yeah, we talked about Garden his podcast State. with... Uh, with uh, No, we talked about his podcast. Oh, didn't yeah. we talk about his podcast yeah, on the podcast? Was yeah, I, anyway, was I there? Thing. Oh, it might not, It might have been before we started recording, so it might not pre-podcast. have made it on the, on the po- pre-podcast. Sorry, we don't, rec- we don't uh, release that part. So uh, let's go to one more sad song, which oddly enough, not actually a sad song. Here we go. They seem so wrong. I love that the I picked that clip because it starts off with that super dirty neck pickup guitar lead line, and then it goes to that palm beauty thing, and then it goes to super clean arpeggiated dueling guitars kind of thing. It's just really cool guitar sounds on this album, on this song specifically. I, I really like the range of those guitar tones. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I was like, did he like? plug a metal zone pedal straight into the board. I mean, it literally sounds like a, I, I think, I mean, to, it sounds like an SG neck pickup yeah. through a Marshall half stack with like all the tone sucked out of it. And I, it's so gnarly. It's cool though. And I think they always, I've seen Mike post on like Instagram, 
like they always use like a dirty Marshall sound on every record. Like no matter what, it's like, they're still rocking a half stack somewhere on it with just like a gnarly guitar tone, uh, which I love. I love that kind of dirty guitar tone sometimes. Kyle, you got any thoughts on uh, one more sad song, which is a pretty upbeat song. I feel like it it is. And I, I just remember I've always loved that. It drops out at the beginning of the chorus. I, I just love that. I think it's yeah. awesome. It's super catchy. And now I think Chris has ruined this album for me because the bridge on this song is all about, <laughs> please stay, don't go away. Like, like I can't, I'm, so I'm, in dis- I'm never going to hear this again. I'm in disbelief. Like I can't believe it never stood out to me before. I almost like I wanted to print out all the put all the lyrics in like a Microsoft Word document and do like a find and see how many times like W A Y appeared, but um, Un- I just I didn't get around to it. But I think I think my point's been proven. I don't think I don't think that exercise was necessary. <laughs> I can't remember. There was a tweet the other day that Mark Hoppus tweeted that was like um, I can't remember what the meme was, but it was like he made fun of himself for always saying she said. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it was so good, and I didn't hadn't really thought about it before. It was like me trying to write a song without she said in it. It was like it's impossible. Uh, <laughs> and I thought I was like, you're right. He does say that a lot. It's funny how these little lyrical ideas people get stuck on. So, um, which by the way, speaking of lyrics, it's in the show notes for the last episode. But I did count those brand new lyrics, by the way, and it was like that those two songs, one of them won, but both of them had more lyrics than the party song by Blink-182. Whoa. <laughs> My God. That's, crazy. Wow. that's impressive, right? I mean, party song's a shorter song, but still, that's a lot of lyrics. Wow. Uh, I wanted to compare wow. it to a song, like your wordiest song, Chris, and Kyle's wordiest songs, but I didn't have your lyrics in front of me. I compared it to <laughs> one of mine, and it was like double what wow. my wordiest song was. So. Anyway, that's in the show notes for last time. If you want those actual uh, notes, uh, don't know that anyone actually cares. But uh, anyway, it's a fun nerdy thing I did with a yeah, word that's count cool. in Microsoft Word. So uh, let's go to why worry. Kyle, thoughts on why worry? Any good notes on this one? I mean, it's a good tune. The bridge, man. I, I love the bridge on that song. It's a good bridge. It's got that kind of like, what do you call that beat, Chris? Do you know? I, no, I was trying to think of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that like I could hear the castanet. Like like, salsa dun, dun, thing, castanet. I just love it. It's, it's no, got a it's, name. It's good. It's a cool thing to put in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that if if there's a weakness on this album, it's like lyrically. Sometimes it's like you know, like a young person trying to be mature, which like I said, they're young people. So like, it's not bad. I'm not judging them for it at all. But like this, this song has a few of those, like, um, you know, it's not, they're not bad. It's just like, I feel like they're trying to be deeper than you are when you're 17 or 18 or whatever. But you know, that doesn't lyrics have to be way worse than this to ruin this good of songs. If that makes any sense. Like I just, yeah. the melodies and the song structure so great on these that like he could be saying watermelon over and over again. And I might like it just fine. 
Right, but but he's but we're not exactly painting like a vivid picture with words of a you know a no, protagonist it's not like, and a, like yeah, it's, it's not just, like Ben like, Gibbard. Oh, just, yeah, so 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 she doesn't like you anymore. She's leaving. Oh man, yeah, I get it, I get it. And he gets a lot better at this as the <laughs> albums go on too. It's like I'm not judging uh, his life as an artist based on you know his well, first album either. Wasn't this record? And I think I remember hearing that like this record was almost completely like the muse was like a, a, a breakup he had. So like I, almost all these songs were about this one romantic thing that happened. That wouldn't surprise that me. Familiar? What else is it when you're back then? I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. What when else you write do you about have? like, uh, yeah. yeah, the downfall yeah, it's not like you have capitalism a lot of... or something. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're not like, <laughs> there's not a lot of depth going on when you're, I mean, what worry do you have? I mean, when you're a high school senior, I can't think of anything dramatic enough to warrant, you know, well, I guess unless you're a high school senior this year and the, uh, in living through a world pandemic kind of thing, maybe that's a little different, but like <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> for the most part, for the most part, for the last hundred years uh, or so, uh, you know, seniors in high school are, you know, have it pretty carefree and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm sure some girl broke his heart and uh, he made a lot of money because that girl broke his heart because he wrote some great songs. So yeah, he should, she she should get royalties. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'd at least send her a hundo, like a hundred yeah, dollar bill. Here's a hundred like, bucks. Buy yourself something. Buy yourself something nice. Flip it, <laughs> just like flip it. Yeah, I dude, that'd be a good. I I I always wonder, like the muses for these great records, like what became of them, like what what I would love to know their take on this record. I would, I've always wanted, I, I, you know, I, um, not in a famous way at all, but just like with local bands would know, you know, we we're all pretty close and stuff like that. And I would know the girls they had dated. And so I sort of would know the songs that were obviously clearly about them or whatever. And I did ask a couple, a couple times, just like, okay, well, like, what do you like? What is that like? No one's ever written a song about me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I don't know if it's flattering. Is it? Does it make you mad? Do you like the song? Do you not like the song? So yeah, I would be very curious. That would be that would be a podcast, fellas. If we could track down the muses for popular songs and see what they think about it behind That's... the muses. <laughs> oh man, you're oh. so good at that, Kyle. You, how do you do that so fast? Kyle came up with the name for this podcast too, and the name for every fun thing we've ever done together so kyle you're really good it's at that. Anyway. it's but it's useless that's the thing well we could do the podcast i guess if we could track these people down i think that I, sounds like a much harder podcast though i remember like i this is all i'm gonna say about the muses but like i remember okay. finding out i don't know if you guys knew this but hey there delilah plain white tees delilah he was nominated for that song was nominated for a grammy right and I believe she did not go with him to the Grammys. And I was, I was pissed off at that. Like, wait, so it was like his current girlfriend. No, no. So he, he oh. just had a crush and I believe she was like a track, oh. like some track star ath- athlete at his college. It wasn't the radio her. personality Delilah. No, that's not what no. that song was about. Oh, and I remember Delilah. kind of being like, like, obviously she doesn't owe him anything, but at the same no. time, you know, like, man, Someone wrote a yeah. Grammy-nominated song about you, you know? That's cool, no matter what your feelings for the person. I mean, totally. like, that would be... I would think that was cool. But no one's ever written a song about me. So, ladies, you just don't understand. Not yet, know, Blake. What kind of cool stuff... You know? <laughs> Not yet. I don't think ever anyone's going to write a song about me. Challenge uh, accepted. Okay, Kyle's yeah. going to do it now. Uh, let's go to Don't Leave Me. Don't 
Chris, thoughts on Don't Leave Me? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel the same way. I don't I love like, the lyrics it, the, of this. They don't yeah. make sense to me. But it's an okay song, kind of dance break. Uh, yeah, I, I just I, I don't want to say, beginning. you know, the thing that I say on the right. one song that's a throwaway song because I don't no. think talk bad about people CS. from the state. Yeah, it's but, not uh, a crap okay. sandwich. It's not that bad. Isn't it? No, it's not that bad, I don't it's, think. Uh, well, yeah, but everything relates to the subject matter at hand. One of ten, yes, it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Kyle? <laughs> Kyle? So, I... I'm They're in, never going to come on this podcast now, Chris. No, I, I didn't say it. <laughs> I didn't say it. They're not going to listen to it's, this. Who cares? It's not... It's. It's not as strong as the others. Um, I will That's true. say, yeah. I'll, I'll, what I will say for this song is that, like, it is choruses like this that I think made me buy, like, as a whole, like, oh, this is this is still pop punk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. this band is still pop punk because that's a fast sixteenth note. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's so, really fast. So, like, half I, of it's programmed. I, I fine. dug that, but like, yeah, you know, not. It, I'm. It's my skipper. Uh, skip this. One. All right. Well, I think yeah, we felt fairly similarly about that song. I didn't go as far as Chris, but that's okay. All right, let's just go to too far well, gone. Kyle, Kyle, oh wait, oh sorry. Kyle, okay, so go. the thing yeah. is, is that Kyle like made it like I, I had weird feelings. I wasn't gonna say crap sandwich, and then I, I felt f- like I had to say it. I felt like now I have to say it every time. I think you do because it's like thing- your thing. You do. Yeah, that's fine. Well, now, see, now you're making it seem so trivial. It's not <laughs> no, just like... Just... He no, does it, he does it was... if they deserve it. Okay, yeah, so I was, pushing, I, was pushing the, I was pushing the twins today and giving this song one last listen before the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I listened to this one twice. Just to give it another... Just yeah. because I, I was like, maybe I'm just missing something. But I think when you make an album, it's not necessarily your fault if one song stands out as worse than the other's. If it's because all the other songs are so spectacular. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. The other songs are definitely stronger. This one's not. Like, I wouldn't turn it off. Nope. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't even. I don't even know if I'd skip it, but it's not my favorite on the record for sure. I mean, maybe. maybe Spoiling what's to come. It probably could have been a a single for another band back then, you know? It it just. Precisely. On on this record. That's the interesting thing, yeah. All right, let's go to Too Far Gone then. Things that I don't know. No, lyrically, I don't think it's great, but they certainly always had a good mid-tempo ballad on records, and this starts that trend. It's a good song. Lyrically, I don't love it, but you know, it's got the big guitars in it. Same thing. Again, I think Nick is singularly <laughs> influenced by 80s 
hair bands, like, you know, Bon Jovi and stuff like that. It's like big guitars on those pre-choruses and stuff. And then kind of going to that acoustic thing. I don't know. It's just like, it reminds me of the eighties, uh, in a, in a cool way. Uh, not in the bad way that some of the eighties stuff does, but it's a cool thing. And, and honestly, everything's cyclical and we had gotten sick of the hair metal bands and that's when grunge things happen. And this is kind of, I feel like the rejects are part of the reemergence of like, it's okay to, you know, do some of these theatrical poppy things that the the hair bands did back in the eighties. I like it. Chris, thoughts? Yeah. Uh, see that, and that that's kind of. Sorry, let me let me gather my thoughts here. Do it. Gather. When I was listening Pick to that song, part of the reason I listened to that song twice when I was listening to this was because this song is just so beautiful. After that's that you know to uh, um, don't leave me and. Um, Wait no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Don't leave me yeah, too yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But it's... but it, 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 this song reminds me of like um, some of the themes that they are going to like bring to us on the next record. Like those, you know, it's got it, it's just a really beautiful song. Um, yeah, thought it was really well done. I was kind of all over the place on that one, but the gist is That's I okay. like it. We got <laughs> we got where you were going, Kyle. What are your thoughts on uh, on Too Far Gone? I'm I'm if, with you guys. Any. I, I dig it. Uh, love the melody on the chorus. And like, I th- I think you mentioned it was kind of like foreshadowing maybe what was to come. I think that like, I think it's probably just for me, it's, um, it's the least high school-y, like it, it sounds more mature. You know what I mean? Like yeah. lyrically, it sounds more mature. Um, but also I'm not complaining about that because I think it's freaking awesome that they, that they did this in high school. So I, you know, like I said, on every album of theirs, they have at least one kind of mid tempo ballad song and they're almost always great. Yeah. I, I almost want them to have a side project with just mid tempo ballads because I think they do them really well. And I yeah. wonder if they could do a whole mount, a whole album of that. Like, I don't know. They're, they're pretty good at it. I feel like, and I don't know if they're, only good for one per album or if they only put one per album because that they didn't want to keep it too slow. You know, they didn't want to, uh, become that's their thing. You can't rock out that song at the concert. It doesn't work. You can only do right. one of those at concerts. So right, you can't right. do 10 of them. You know, it doesn't work the same. So, right. Once the roadie comes out with that acoustic guitar, he's got to stand right there. He's taking it away right after. Yeah. He's, you're doing one. <laughs> and uh, the times I've seen them, they do, I can't remember. It's the song on uh, Move Along, but that's the one they, they uh, do time, most of the time. Yeah. With the 12 stand. string and the, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. that's Time, uh, time Stand Still? Is that it? No. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I don't know. Now we're going to have to look that up. So, all right, let's go to, do, 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 do. I see I've lost track of, Drive Away. Here we go. Back to the day that we first met Only believe the things I wrote I'll put it in a note, yeah Cross my D's and not my eyes Better say hello I'm gonna wave goodbye I'll write sincerely yours inside my being P.S. I love you Forever read to me Forever read to me Kyle. It's punk rock. I love it. That's my note exactly. It's the most punk song on the record, and I like it. Chris. What's the, what's the title of this song again? Drive, Drive away. away. What was that second word? <laughs> I 
I didn't even notice that. Oh wow! I mean, I now I'm gonna have to count count the aways on this it's, album. It's a lot, Blake. So uh, what's but yes, that th- this song is punk rock and super cool. I w- I was like really happy they did this too on this record because it's like dripping with with all the pop stuff, and then this song's pretty punk rock, dude. It's pretty fun. Okay, so uh, just so we have a clear path, am I counting every single time that they say away on the album? Like even if it's a chorus that they repeat, just for the sake of the notes of this podcast, I'm going to count them up. Is that what we're counting every time it's said? So I've been following since we started. (laughs) And here's the thing. I'm not counting every time he says it, but I'm counting when he does and when he doesn't. And here's the, like, this is the irony. This is the first song that in the lyrics, the word away does not appear. And it is in the title. It's in the title. (laughs) That is really funny. That's wild, man. I never, never noticed that. Well, very you've interesting. Opened, you've opened my eyes, Chris. <laughs> it was wild, man. It really is wild. Um, let's see. I think that's uh yeah, they I mean, you could have rocked the forbidden beat on this one, by the way. Oh man. I don't think that it would I don't think I, Nick I, I, probably could, but Chris well, could. I, well, and I don't but I don't think uh uh Warner Brothers or whoever was buying this record, they would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah DreamWorks. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing: like, we have close enough connections to these guys, friends of friends, and stuff like that. It's not like we're buddies with them, but we're buddies with people that are buddies with them. I want to convince them to play this song with the forbidden beat in the chorus. That's gonna be my goal now. I feel yeah. like that would be fun. That's even. That's like, man, that's it's fast. pretty fast. But I, I bet Chris could do it. Oh yeah, no, no pretty, doubt about yeah. it. No, he's that's an excellent saying. drummer. Yeah, we need but, to make uh, that, that happen. That would be freaking hilarious and awesome. Yes. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, so Let's that's my that's now my goal. After I listened to that song uh, a couple times, I was like, man, I, that's what I want to hear. That's yeah, how I want to hear it. They, we should try to get them to do that before they listen to this podcast about yeah. mentions. Let's ask favors away. first. Yes. Yeah, let's ask favors <laughs> hey, before they. So I don't think anything we've said on here you wouldn't disagree with your like 18 years ago. You know, what I mean, I don't think yeah. any like. I bet they know that that's whatever. Uh, don't leave me is the weak song on the record. I bet they don't play it live. <laughs> they don't play it live. No. Yeah. Come on. Hey. All right. Also, were you guys? Yeah. Was the ballad you were referring to? Is it? It ends tonight. Is that's that the it. one you were thinking? Yeah. That's, no, that's, but that's not the one. That's I'm what thinking. I was thinking of. Okay, that is a good one, but that's not the one I was thinking of that they did a the a couple times I saw them they had like he had like the double neck guitar. Ooh. Ooh. With the twelve string, and they came out to the back of the con- the the audience. I can't remember at that weird show that we were at. Chris, we'll tell, we'll oh. save that story for a different podcast. Yeah. Well, we'll probably do that record. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll do that when we do that record. But uh, yeah, so I can't. I'm gonna have. To, I'm looking it up. I'll put it in the show notes. Whatever that song is. That that seems to be like I said. You get one or two ballads at the yeah. live show. You're not gonna be able to do ten of them. So, all right. Well, uh, let's go to happy endings then.
Chris Bonier, thoughts on happy endings? Why in God's holy name was this not a single? It's a really... Oh, was it? Was it? Was it? Uh, I think it might have been. Someone look that up real quick. Well, if it was, good for them. Because this song freaking rocks. I I mean, it's just a hair. I'm pretty sure it was a single. Okay. Well, I guess I'm an idiot. Well, good for them then, because it's a freaking awesome song. Well, hold on. Kyle's going to come on it. (laughs) Okay. Kyle's looking at that. I'll I'll talk about it while he's looking stuff up. I love the chimes. What a cool, great uh, thing. And oddly enough, you know what this song reminds me of is, especially the intro, is um, is Don't Let Go by Weezer. Like, it's got that same, just like one chord thing going on. And yes. obviously that album came out a year before this. Not in a bad way, not in a ripoff way. Just like it reminds me of that cool thing uh, that they did. I love the pre-chorus breakdown. Uh, really cool bridge breakdown that we just listened to in the clip where it gets real quiet and builds back up. The Toms. Um, Yep, yep. The toms. It's a cool song, and it's uh, it's it's funny. It sounds like, you know, when you first listen to the album, it almost feels like it's going to be the the final track of the album. It yes. sounds epic like that. And then they they're like, no, we got something even more uh, coming your way. Uh, Kyle, did you find anything out? Was Happy Endings, in fact, a single? Am no, I just I imagining I that? I don't think it was. Man, so what were the other singles on this album? I should have. I was the one that researched I'm, this I'm, album. I should have looked this. Up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I should have looked this up. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not making that. Kyle do my homework. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I've, I've got actually it. got it. I've got it right okay. here. Go ahead. Okay. Swing, swing. Obviously. Right. And then the last song, which we're about to listen to. Okay. And then time stands still, time which is, okay, is so, the one I just got mixed up with. Yeah. Okay. So I must have confused the last song being. Uh, a single with happy endings. I don't know why I thought it was happy endings, but you're right. I think happy endings would have been a good, it's a good song, but maybe you have to cut so much of the bridge and stuff. This is like, Oh, that's this is right. When people start going like, Oh, sorry, people don't have the ex- attention span to listen to an eight second guitar solo. I'm like, what do you mean? We're playing a few years ago. We played that seven minute Celine Dion song and Bohemian Rhapsody was on the radio at one point. I don't know. I just feel like I hate those guys in suits that ruin music. <laughs> Can I just tell you guys what the bridge is after the guitar solo? <laughs> is it away? She walks away. She talks away. She walks away. She walks away. She talks away. Away, 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 away. Man, I'm going to count them <laughs> up. This is so good. I can't believe I never noticed it. I really, it's obviously not that. <laughs> it was funny because your your clip, like it faded out right before that part started. I was like, oh, we're not going to hear the aways. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all yeah, um, I, yeah, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. I think it's an uh, it's so uplifting and happy. And when you hear those chimes come in, and it reminds me of all the um, and synth strings, it's really cool. Yeah, it's it reminds epic. me of all the like unbridled enthusiasm and hope I felt later to be yeah. crushed at that time. <laughs> I was so young and optimistic, and now yeah. I'm sad. Things are fine. Yeah, they're great. We're fine, but it's not. You know, <laughs> we're doing great. We're doing fine. <laughs> So hey, everything's fine. Lindbeck, ch- another great the, one. The chimes. This is mm-hmm. this is super weird, but it, it remind like this always reminds me of the um in the in the the Muppet movie where they get married and there's the whole somebody's getting married sequence. Yeah, like that. Yeah. It re- the vibe reminds me of that. Somebody's getting married, and now I'm not going to be able to listen to this song or watch that movie without thinking of. Yep. the other but that's, that's but that's a sure. good thing you're welcome 
Yeah. No, that's fine. I love the Muppets and the Rejects, so that's right. totally fine with me. Uh, any other thoughts on Happy Endings before we move to the final track of the uh, album? I do have one question for you guys. Yeah, you guys are do. more audiophiles than me. Um, we are. Always something that's bothered me a little bit about the guitar tone on the second verse. There's this weird like ringing sound I can always hear, I think, in my right ear. I, I, mm. It's like this... We, uh, some someday you guys will have to listen to it again. It, mm. I, I think it's a guitar effect or something, but it always just hit my ear weird. So if anybody out. out there has heard, I will what I'm look into that. About, maybe you could tell me what I'm hearing. It might be one of those things where, like, I heard it weird the first time, and so it's just like, uh, uh, you know, an ear earworm now. Oh, I'm yeah, sure it's you actually guys there. Obviously, never, never noticed it. So there's some weird things like that on this album for sure that do catch my ear, but that specific one hasn't caught me. But like no. the phase sound on the second track that bounces around is like super loud to me <laughs> okay. I'm like, why is this here uh so there's a few things like that and uh you know like i said i'm gonna blame that on the producer not a million the... people can't be wrong that bought this yeah, record exactly a lot of people bought it uh okay well then let's go to the final song of the album which is also called the last song let's do it <laughs> What a way to go out on an album. Like I said, you think you if you were just listening to this blindly and you didn't have the track listening, you'd go, Happy Endings is the last song for sure. That's the last track. I yeah. just heard it for sure. And then this song is epic. It's in and not in an overused way of using the word epic. Like it is. It's it starts with those strings and the radio dial, which by the way, our kids will have no idea what that is, but at the time everyone put a radio dial oh, sound weird. on their albums. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they did. <laughs> no, no one even knows Fast, what that is anymore. Fastballs the way. <laughs> I I thought of the exact same song when I heard that radio dial when I listened to this album. I was like, "Fastballs the way." Um, there were a couple other ones too, but that was the first one I thought of too. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and the lo-fi thing. Um, uh, I think Foo Fighters have it on an album too. Anyway, uh, but yeah, this is a. I mean a really great way to end an album. It don't it like going all the way balls to the wall. Um, I love it. Chris, what are your thoughts on the last song? Well, okay. So I'm actually, I actually did a re- little research on this song and, and that's why earlier, remember I, I talked about, I, I think this whole record's about one girl. That is actually what the notes on this track say. Every other song on this de- debut album is about one girl. So this song makes it a little extra special at the end because this song's not about girl stuff at all. But is this the last song that he's going to write about that girl? Is that what this is about? And I never read into that, right? Uh, I think like, is that what he's saying in this? No, no. This, he specifically says in this one interview that um, uh, we put a song on the album that wasn't about her. That made it a little extra special. And was it this song for sure? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, that's, okay. yeah, no, oh. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm talking about, yeah. That's interesting. I got really excited for a second there thinking like he was saying, this is the last song I'm going to write about you. And that would be even more of a great freaking stat. I'm going to end this platinum record with (laughs) the last song I'll ever write about you. That'd be great. Tyson, if you're listening, Blake has a great idea for your debut album. 
That, <laughs> no, just, just say that's the story. That's all I'm saying. You can we lie can about it. You can just switch it, it now. Lie about That'd this be stuff. great. Yeah, just yeah. pretend now. It's fine. Uh, isn't that funny, though, how often I think something's about something in a song and then I'm totally wrong? And it almost ruins it for me sometimes when I actually find out what the song's about. But yeah, that's uh, art, man. It's yeah. Whatever it means to you, that's what's cool about it. The uh, the music video for this song too was like just like our, I say our friends from Oklahoma, like not not like they were our actual friends, but just having fun. Like, but, but when music videos still had those awesome budgets, they just got to blow it on doing cool <laughs> cool stuff. <laughs> just hang out, yep. do what you got to do. Kyle, do you have thoughts on the last song? Yeah, uh, I mean, you guys have talked about how much it rocks. It's awesome. Um, I would say that for me, like it, as far as albums that we're going to cover on this podcast, it might be my favorite, um, starter track ending track combination. Like they're equally strong. I'm going to, I'm going to fight you on a couple, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely in the top tier. I mean, no doubt it's in the top tier. I mean, you couldn't, I mean, I feel like you listen to you listen to any record and and people, a lot of people think they're going for it on the last song and they just miss the mark, and these dudes nailed it. So here's another interesting thing about it. So, um, I feel like this track compared to the first track on the album, "My Paper Heart," this sounds more like the rejects going forward oh, than yeah. the rest of the album. Yeah, so it's, I agree. it's almost interesting that like the end of the album is more like the start of what happens on the next record and coming after that, uh, which is kind of an interesting, and I don't know that they wrote it with that in mind at all. Obviously I think you they had no idea what was coming, but um, that's interesting. Uh, and also I don't, I couldn't find this. I normally write down set list every time I go to a show, but the last time I saw these guys was before I had an iPhone. So they were normally on paper and then I had to write them somewhere else. I can't find the set list from when I saw them, but this seems like a song that like would just kill oh, yeah. live. Oh yeah. How oh, could yeah. you not do this before an encore? If you did Absolutely. this before every encore, I just, I, to me, I can't imagine a cooler kind of epic song to play live. It seems pretty cool. Um, any other thoughts on the last song, fellas, before we jump to kind of our lasting impressions and awards and things for this? None. I take, I take your silence as a no. Um, all right, well then let's go to awards first. So desert Island songs we'll start with what are two or three of your favorites from the album? And we're going to start with Kyle. Uh, I'm going to go with my paper heart. Your star and time stands still. Chris. I love my paper heart. So that's definitely on my list too. And then uh, happy endings and the last song. I think mine are my paper heart. The last song, like I said, those are two just such good first, you know, kind of bookends to this thing. And then I think time stands still is probably, probably my other one, but man, it's hard. This is a really good, really other than don't leave me. The rest of it's just really good, and uh, and yeah. So I'd say those are my three. Uh, yeah. Let's go to nobody's perfect. What's the worst song on the album? I love that we do this part after we talk about it, and generally we've already basically talked about it. <laughs> but I'll just let one of you say it in case there is a different opinion. What is the uh, nobody's perfect award on this one? Don't leave Chris, me, right? Chris. No, no yeah, one's going to say it. it. Okay. No, no. It, I mean, it is. It, it's don't It's don't leave me. But the thing. It is. 
in in fact, if this song if Don't Leave Me wasn't on the album, it would like I don't know that there'd be a problem with the whole thing kind of thing. It's not. Well, like I, I said, it's I, not I, terrible. I, I, it explicitly. It explicitly uh, is that a word? Ex- uh, yeah. Said, explicitly. explicitly. Yeah, I said one. We've out all of been 10. drinking. It's fine. Dude, I just have Red Bull. I should be more on my oh, game. Sorry, it's uh, just me. No, no. It, it's uh, I said one out of ten when I said that. There's eleven songs on the record, and so yeah, I'm with you, man. Should have just made it ten. Yeah. <laughs> I get you with that. Uh, how about Grower Not a Shower? What's the song you didn't like at first, but now love? Chris, your star, definitely. Um, I didn't appreciate the <clears throat> the metal guitar like freaking Def Leppard awesomeness at the time I, I was like a little weirded out by it I was, it just hit me weird you know i was like uh what what was that you can't do that this is 2002 like it, it you're 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 a three-piece band guitar bass drums and if you have a guitar solo it's like i don't know it mimics the verse it's like cute you don't do that you don't do that nicholas <laughs> i like you call him by his full name <laughs> that we assume is nicholas uh, mine is actually all. I didn't have one at first, and then all day today, I also had your star in my head. Like it was just the whole song, and not even just like the chorus, like an earworm. It was like all the different parts of it and stuff. So I think that's got to be it. I didn't know it was the song that I liked as much, but it's been in my head like all week. So Kyle, what's your uh, grower not a shower? It's your star. I can't, I can't, I can't Dude, believe this. We can promise like, you we don't talk about never. this beforehand. That's crazy. Well, well, and I don't think we've ever had two lineup where we thought that the stinker and then the grower not a show. Oh yeah. For, for me, I think you might be right. Your star, like it. I think it was just you know at the time not being into like uh, you know I guess more ballady type songs, um, and and like, dude, it's it's a jam. Do you think it's also because it was sandwiched between my paper heart and swing yes, swing? Totally. I mean, is that part of the problem? Is that it's also thing. between two freaking power punching pop songs? Yeah, you're and you're right. and so maybe it kind of got lost in the mix of that. But it's a yeah, I agree. That's really funny that we yeah. all agreed on the same thing. And right. I literally didn't have one in my notes until all this morning while I was on like conference calls and stuff. That song was on my head while I couldn't listen to other music, and so I was just like, well, I think that's got to be my growing out of shower. Then if that's the song that is stuck in my head after listening to this. Huh, very interesting. Good to know. Um, okay, well, how about we kind of go with like lasting impressions? Does it hold up as an album, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think I think it also like I for me personally, it represents like a really cool shift in in pop punk music like and I know that some people may not consider this pop punk, but like you it's don't enough have, in the vein that I I'm with you. You don't have bands like I mean I don't know if you guys listen to Water Parks at all, but you don't have bands like that without right. without this. You don't like to me these guys leaned more pop, and things became more like it was it was okay for things to go that way, right? And like yeah, and so I I think it's. <clears throat> It's a special record. I think it's cool. I think it does too. I mean, I think that what's interesting about it is that I feel like they went pop, like, and they embraced. It's not like someone forced them to do it. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? There's such a difference between someone that's overproduced and you can tell it wasn't comfortable or it didn't. 
it just didn't work right. Like I've heard plenty of albums like that. And normally that's the second album. That's the other weird thing about this is that like the super poppy programmed quantized stuff is on their first record. And then they kind of went into being more of a like, you know, organic band after that. And normally that that's a flip. It's like you're on the indie label and then the major wants you to like, no, we're going to put you in the studio with the biggest producer and everything's going to sound perfect. And we're going to, make you like sing it until it's perfect and it's going to have no soul in it anymore. But these guys were like, no, we are like, they like writing pop songs clearly. And so, um, I think it does hold up. I had not listened to this album in a long time, honestly. Uh, yeah. and I kind of forgot how good it was. So while it holds up, I, you know, there was something about it that didn't make me want to listen to it as often as I've listened to some of their other albums, I guess. But I think I was wrong in that thought of not putting it in the rotation. Chris, what about you, hold up wise? You guys have nailed it on the head. I mean, I completely agree that uh, with Kyle. I mean, it was very special at the time because it did introduce a lot of these themes that were um, forbidden. They were like, you you weren't allowed to do these things if you were going to be in a rock or a punk band at the time. And God, it's just so, like you said, I hate to use the word genuine again, but that's exactly what it is. You could tell these guys just really were into the sounds that they were making. Like it wasn't, they weren't flirting with eighties guitar tones to be ironic or be cool or do something edgy for the second. They liked it. They just liked it. You could just tell that they were just having, you just sounds like two guys having the freaking time of their lives. Like when they're making this, you know, it comes across and um, that's why it's really fun to listen to it. I'm I'm with you, Blake, on on what you said too. After listening to it a few times, I was like, I think I'm going to start throwing this back in. Like, you know, um, I, I, uh, it's not a throwaway album. No, it's I listened to it several to... times this week. I listened to okay. it more throughout the week than I probably have the other episodes that we've done as far as like just that album. I don't Me know, too. And, and it wasn't for research either. Like it started no, off I enjoyed as research it. Yeah. and I was like, Oh no, I'm going to jam that again. Uh, and then we kind of go to, is it their best album? Is it their most important album? Kyle, how about you first? Um, I would say like, I think you could argue that it's their most important because it just, you know, it paved the way for them, but like, I don't know that it's, it's their best. And I, and I really have nothing else to say about that other than I want to elaborate on, I was pissed off a little bit at these guys when I first heard this record. Right. And like. The one two because punch. it was so good. By the way, yeah, yeah because yeah. we so were good. mad. The the one two punch of this record and hearing move along for the first time almost oh. made my head explode. I remember being I do too furious. Like <laughs> like furious they, is that song word. is so like, good. It, it was infuriating. That, that drum they, beat. Is they the, went one of the coolest drum beats of the early 2000s, right? I mean, Dude. Chris, you're the drummer. We'll defer to you. Is uh, there a cooler drum beat from 2000 to 2005 than the opening of Move well, Along? Which we should probably nothing, save this for doing that record, but still. There's we'll nothing better than a drum beat, too, that's like like on its face. Like, it's not, that's not hard to play. Like, anybody can right. do it. But, like, you, you can't make a hook out of a drum beat. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, but you did. But they did. But they, they did. did. They did it. Um, yeah, I think that. Well, Chris, how about you go first? What well, do you think? It's their best or most important album, or you can take both of those separately. It's really hard to say. There, this this piece of work on its own is so different from what they did next. That I, it's like two different bands almost. I, 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 I don't know. I how many bands were influenced how many doors did they open for for bands to try some new cool stuff that um yeah. 
uh, wouldn't have been tried if it had not been for them. So, um, yeah, I, I can't really answer that. It's very, that's a very, very difficult question to answer for this band. I think as far as best album goes, it's hard for me because the other albums are different enough that they're, it's, it's hard to compare them. If you had to just look at just pure hit making ability, like the move along album has like just even more gigantic songs somehow on it. Cause it's got move along and, um, dirty little secret and, um, it ends tonight. And like, those were huge, huge songs. Um, and then you also have to, this is weird. Okay. So best album wise, my favorite album of theirs is actually their last one. Kids in the street. I really, really like that album. I think it's their most, there's not like a, there's not a song I'd throw away on that kind of thing. So oddly enough, I think that's their best, but I can't really compare it. Cause it's just a totally different thing. It's clearly, it's like even just having the four guys in the band versus just Nick yeah. and Tyson on this first album. And the, so I don't know. It's hard to say best or worst. Honestly, it's hard for me to rank them cause they're different enough, but those are my two I'd say. Cause as much as move along had a few hits, it has a few songs on it that I don't love as much that I would, you know, toss them if I had to. Right. But, um, as far as important goes, I don't know. It's hard too. I think it's kind of between those first two albums. Um, what's weird though, Chris is that I don't feel like there are, I can't pick the bands that are like, Oh, they were like, obviously listening to the rejects a lot and then made this album. And maybe I'm just missing out because I love the rejects, but I didn't like the bands that they influenced. Maybe I don't well, know. Yeah. But is that what it was? Is that the other ones just didn't pull it off the way they did? I mean, they did it much better. Yeah. I, I, I guess I just remember that time and remember how specific things were. I mean, if you were a rock band, you had three or four pieces. You did not, like, yeah. you didn't do that kind of stuff. And like synth strings and stuff. No, the closest thing to it, I would say, is like, it. Hello Goodbye is a close analog to me to this album, especially their kind of first one, yeah. at least. But I, you know, I still don't hear like it doesn't sound like they're ripping them off or anything like. But it's in the same vein as there's programming and it's well, pop yeah. and kind of punk and it's got multi instrument stuff. But to me, that was even on a different level of of this. But I don't know. I guess that makes a weird thing. Is just I don't know which one's their most important album. I'd say it's got to be Move Along because of how big it was. I mean, like, yeah. just was a monster. That record was a monster, and they were everywhere. And that was the one that like catapulted them. I mean, obviously their first one was successful. It went platinum. We're not dogging on it or anything, but you know, uh, Move Along was kind of gigantic. Um, any other final thoughts about this album? I feel like general? Kyle. I feel like Kyle said he was going to come back to something. And he oh, yeah, did. Kyle. Yeah, you did say something about you were you had a note on a song that I feel like you didn't come back to. It, it was my it, my note. It was my it was oh, my it take was it your, leave it. It was your. OK. And you're growing on a shower. That's the uh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Referring to. Got it, oh, OK. Got it. That makes sense. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it. Thanks for listening. And again, if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a glowing five star review. They can only be glowing. They can only be five stars. I mean, I guess they, you can do what you want, but please, you know, five stars. And, of course, please subscribe so you get new episodes. Conveniently, they just show up on your phone. They just show up. It's amazing technology. Yeah, what a time uh, to be alive. I know. It really is. Um, obviously, you can send us your comments, your disagreements, your suggestions, uh, your fighting words at, to info at findingemopod.com, or you can find us on Twitter at findingemopod. Uh, I guess that's it for us, so we will catch you next time. Later.
No bye from Chris? I was trying to think of a way to say goodbye that had the word away in it. <laughs> but that, but, but why don't we just end it there? That works. There we go. 